We Must Eat All of the Lamb by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Why should we today celebrate the Feast of God found in Leviticus chapter 23? Number one, because the Word of God says, It shall be a statute or law forever. And also, for those who love truth, they have so much needed information for the restoration of mankind wrapped up in them. Actually, they were not instituted to be a simple celebration at all. These feasts contain food that is necessary for the growth of God's children. They are holy convocations, a date set by God to personally meet with His children, a time, a new insight to His will. His kingdom and our life in God is released. Adam and Eve chose to eat from the thinking of Satan, a prideful angel that had challenged God's right to rule whom the Father called a tree of good and evil, refusing the fruit of the word of God, the tree of life. So there was much they missed out on. The good food, the fresh fruit, the best dining was traded for the second-hand knowledge of a mere angel, a tainted, rebellious one at that. He has the wrong perspective on everything. His thinking is warped because he is all about self, full of pride and outside of the order of creation. God, the creator of all things, is quite the opposite. Loving, interested in the welfare of the whole of creation, and raising his children to think this way also. You see, his feasts reflect his taste, reveal his mind and heart concerning life, and how it was intended to be. There is nothing comparable in this twisted world to the perfection and immensity of the kingdom of God that encompasses the whole universe. The world, its systems, and society are unfortunately the result of Satan's contaminated, corrupted knowledge and in no way reflects the will of God. This includes its holidays. Remember, Satan is good and evil. He will mix a little of God into his totally pagan holidays to placate the religious while appeasing the worldly. It is so sad. People professing to love God like puppets celebrate them happily. Unfortunately, it angers them if you try to tell them the truth concerning the world's holidays. The Word, however, tells us a well cannot produce clear, pure water and brackish at the same time. And again, the Word explains to us, if something clean and sanctified touches something evil and dirty, it will not make the dirty thing clean. It will make the clean thing dirty. So trying to mix Jesus with the dark side of the supernatural is just some more of Satan's good and evil thinking and all a part of his plans to pervert man so he can elevate himself through them. Jesus and elves? Flying reindeer driven by a fat jolly man that supposedly knows what you've done all year long and brings to each the gifts they deserve? Hmm, could that be the enemy cunningly taking the Father's place in the hearts of innocent children? I thought only God was omnipresent. Jesus and the prolific rabbit 
and Easter eggs, symbolic of the fertility goddess, how does that add up? So we could rightfully call man's holidays Satan's feasts. You see, they are the counterfeit of God's feasts and prepared by the enemy with the intent to destroy humanity by maneuvering them to be at odds with the Creator. He knows this world and all that represents it will be the target of God's wrath and perish in the end. This would leave Satan and the evil host he controls the only beings on earth making it his. Now he can fulfill his dream to be like God. God's feasts, on the other hand, reveal, little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, God's plan for the restoration of mankind and all of creation that is in their care. Man's dominion will be reestablished. Is this not reason enough to study the knowledge Father has so generously served over the years at His feasts, and would it not be wise to develop a taste for the end-time spiritual food being offered to man today? The Word says, You, brethren, will not be caught unaware. This is because they attended and experienced God's feasts. Remember, in each course is food for man's growth, survival, and restoration. So let us at least understand, there are two kingdoms, two presiding kings, two opposing households, two different knowledges, two sets of holidays, or feasts, two species of man that attend them with two dramatically different ends. I love turning to Enoch, the seventh man from Adam, to learn. He was a chosen vessel the Father revealed his plans to and shared his mysteries with the intent he would write a book that would speak encouragement and direction to his new generation or the new species that exist today. We can see this as we read from Enoch, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous, who will be living in the day of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. And he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man, whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens which the angels showed me, and from them I heard everything, and from them I understood, as I saw, but not for this generation, but for a remote one, which is for to come. King David said it this way, Psalm chapter 102, verses 15 through 18. So the nation shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion, his government, he shall appear in his glory. As woman is the glory of man, so mankind is the glory of God. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute, and shall not despise their prayer, because they are born through God, Christ's brethren, God's children, this will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. The born-again new creature, the new species. 
In verses 7 through 9 in Enoch 1, we will see the two opposite endings of mankind, that of the cursed altered Adamic race and that of the blessed righteous, God's new species. Enoch chapter 1 verses 7 through 9, And the earth shall be wholly rent in sunder, and all that is upon the earth shall perish, and there shall be a judgment upon all men. But with the righteous he will make peace, and will protect the elect, and mercy shall be upon them. And they shall all belong to God, and they shall be prospered, and they shall all be blessed, and he will help them all, and light shall appear unto them, and he will make peace with them. And behold, he comes with ten thousand of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all, and to destroy all the ungodly, and to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness, which they have ungodly committed, and all of the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. God has been wrongly blamed for the horrible things that happen in this world, when in reality it is Satan's world that have evolved through man's attachment to his thinking. This world belongs to him, not the earth, however, just this world. The Apostle John saw the same end in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 14. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, purging all evil, and on his head were many crowns, all authority. He had a name written that no one knew except himself, until the veil of deception was lifted. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The tree of life, the very one Adam and Eve turned from. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. The pure and righteous angelic army, not a part of the rebellious ones that married into mankind. Now here again is the fate of the wicked. Revelation chapter 19 verses 17 through 21. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God. Those of this world will attend this feast. That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. I do not want to be there. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth. See who the beast is? Still wish to vote? And their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. They will not reenact the cross. He allowed it once for man's sake. Then the beast was captured, the governments of man through whom Satan rules, and with him the false prophet, Babylon, the world's churches, and mystery religions and secret societies, 
who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast. Those who lend a hand to the systems put their mind to helping them, and those who worshipped his image, ones that uphold the world's systems. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. All that Satan has accomplished will be destroyed by the word. And the rest, those not separate of the world, were killed with the sword, judged by the truth found in the end-time knowledge released by God, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. This is that sword, the truth, the word that does not come back void. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. Those who refused truth turned their back on the word, will attend the final feast of God. See how the word of God is intertwined with God's feasts? The above event takes place at the final feast of Simchat Torah. The lawless will attend the final great supper of God. Those that love and keep the law will attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. Is it not wonderful how the seventh man from Adam prophesied thousands of years ago truths that are being exposed through God's feasts today? His writings are therefore proof of what is being said. Likewise, a man that personally walked with Jesus also prophesied events the feasts today are giving us insight to. All is put before us for proof so we can have the great faith it takes to walk through the end days of the world systems. Also, as these things take place, we can, because of the prophetic words and visions, be assured they are a part of God's plan and therefore not be frightened or fooled. You see, if you study the final feast of Rosh Hashanah, for instance, you will find it is Judgment Day, the end of the wicked and the harvest of the righteous. The following Feast of Atonement, previously a feast of repentance for all the wrongs of mankind, to be confessed and forgiven, will in the end be a time of being set free rejoicing in restoration. Then tabernacles with Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah. Let us read of this glorious time from Enoch again. Enoch chapter 50 verses 1 through 3. And in those days a change shall take place. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 52 and 53 fulfilled. For the holy and elect and the light of days shall abide upon them, and glory and honor shall turn to the holy, on the day of affliction, atonement, on which evil shall have been treasured up against the sinners, and the righteous shall be victorious in the name of the Lord of spirits. These repented on their own, because they love God, and do not wish to disappoint Him. And He will cause the others to witness this, that they may repent and forego the works of their hands, enter his rest, and begin to manifest his plan. They shall have no honor through the name of the Lord of Spirits, because they didn't do these things on their own out of love. Yet through his name they shall be saved. He is gracious, and the Lord of Spirits will have compassion on them, 
for his compassion is great. The final Feast of Tabernacles was also seen by John in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death or sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The Father said, If you will hear my voice and obey, I will be your God, and you will be my people. God says to keep his feasts. This is a statute forever. It is for our own good that we are commanded to be at the Father's table. In Enoch we read, Enoch chapter 58, verses 2 through 6, Blessed are ye, ye righteous and elect, those that keep his laws. For glorious shall be your lot, and the righteous shall be in the light of the sun, and the elect in the light of eternal life. These walk in God's knowledge. The days of their life shall be unending. Death shall be defeated, and the days of the holy, without number, eternal. And they shall seek the light, seek truth, and find righteousness with the Lord of spirits. Walk in his statutes, because of the truth they have absorbed. There shall be peace to the righteous, in the name of the eternal Lord. And after this, it shall be said to the holy in heaven, to the holy angels, that they should seek out the secrets of the righteousness, look into what they have been made privy to, the heritage of faith, for it has become bright as the sun upon the earth, and the darkness has passed. The law of God is reestablished, and there shall be light that never endeth until a limit, number of days they shall not come, God's knowledge and law brings life. For the darkness shall first have been destroyed. Light dispels darkness, and the light established. Knowledge, before the Lord of spirits, and the light of the uprightness. Law, established forever before the Lord of spirits. Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Psalm chapter 19 verse 8 The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You can see why you would want to keep the final feast of God. It is Shemchat Torah, meaning rejoicing in the law. Here is the result of hearing his voice and obeying. Revelation chapter 22, verses 4 through 6. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Eternity. Then he said to me, 
These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. The happenings in the end times will be shown or revealed to the righteous and elect by giving insight to the truth contained in the feast of God. Those that walk in the light of truth and follow the law of God, not to be confused with the old Mosaic law, but those written on their hearts and minds will be standing when everything that belongs to this world and Satan has crumbled. Through these, a new heaven and earth will be established, one where righteousness dwells and is in harmony with the sovereign laws of the universe. His children will attend his feasts, congregate at his table forever. The table talk will continue to bring life, blessings, joy, and security. Did you know the tabernacle, constructed in the wilderness, was a visual object outlining the restoration of man through the feasts? A rough illustration has been included, but perhaps you will get the idea. In closing, let us read John chapter 6, verses 53 through 58. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. He is the word of God, his knowledge. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. You see, Jesus is what the feasts are all about. For example, he is the sacrificial Passover lamb. His body is the unleavened bread, and through his resurrection, he became the first fruit of the kingdom of God. It is through him mankind is restored. He is the truth, the way. He is life. A part of him is served at every holy convocation. To reject the feast of God is to reject God's sacrifice. To turn our backs on his knowledge and refuse to meet at his designated time is total rebellion. The more the lamb we eat, the more the word we consume. The faster the restoration of mankind and the fulfillment of the kingdom can come about. So humanity, we must come to God's feasts and we must eat all of the lamb.